Hello, my beautiful Woman Inc. listeners. Welcome back. My guest this week is Kat Schneider. Kat is the founder and CEO of Ritual, a personal health brand bringing a new level of transparency to the health and wellness industry. While pregnant and in search of a prenatal she could trust, Kat took matters into her own hands and pioneered a new standard of high-quality multivitamins and supplements that are backed by science and made traceable, which means openly sharing the science and sourcing. Now, as one of the most trusted brands in the category and one of the few supplement companies to be a certified B Corporation, Ritual has more than a million customers and has the top-selling online prenatal vitamin. Katarina has been honored on Forbes 30 Under 30 EY Entrepreneur of the Year, Inc. 100 Female Founders, and Marie Claire's New Guard 50. Prior to founding Ritual, Kat was a venture partner managing a portfolio of over 70 tech investments, including Spotify, Uber, Dropbox, and Warby Parker. She previously served as head of global innovation at Adam Factory and as global lead of digital innovation at Universal Music Group. This was one of my favorite conversations. I'm such a fan of Ritual. I love the brand. I love the product. So I was fangirling a little excited to meet Kat. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Now let's get on over to my conversation with Kat. Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hello, Kat. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to finally meet you. I feel like it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I'm excited to finally meet you as well. So I feel like you have the prettiest vitamins I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. They're so pretty. Um, I've been a big fan for so long of Ritual. And I love your the little bit I know about your story. But you also have a very impressive background before starting Ritual. So can we first kind of rewind and go through what you were doing before starting your company? Yeah, I would love to. But actually love to start even before that. I was actually born in in the Ukraine and um, I was a refugee. We were part of this group called the Refuseniks with my family and in 1989 moved to Austria, Italy and then to Brooklyn where we lived in a welfare hotel, came to the US with $50 and a suitcase, you know, the American dream. And I've just always been inspired by the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, my dad became an entrepreneur. My mom actually went to business school and became a banker. So I learned so much from them that, that anything was possible. But our dinner conversation was always about running a company and what that was like. So I always knew that I wanted to start something. I just never knew what that would be. Nothing kept me up at night, all night, <laughs> to an idea that I couldn't 
see myself living without. And I became an investor in LA. I was working for Troy Carter's investment fund. I was partners with him. He invested in over 70 companies, everything from Uber, Dropbox, Warby Parker, Spotify. And I got pregnant and my whole world changed the way that I looked at my health and what I was putting in my body and on my body just changed completely. And I got rid of everything in our house, deodorants, toothpaste, sunscreens, (laughs) cleaning supplies, my husband's deodorant, all his stuff. He was so mad at me. And when I looked at the vitamins that were out there and and what I was taking, I was pretty shocked and I really couldn't find a brand that I trusted. And, And that's how it started for me. It was something I couldn't stop thinking about. And I knew that I needed to start a company in the space. Uh, and that's how Ritual was born. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were from Ukraine. That's an incredible story. I do feel like when someone comes from a family with entrepreneurial parents or parents that are like instilling that in such a young age, it's such a gift. Totally. It's, it's hard when you're in it. <laughs> but then you later on, you realize what a gift it is. I and both my parents were mathematicians and I, I started math in college and just felt like the, <laughs> I didn't know what else to study. Um, but then I realized, you know, later in life, it, it helped me so much in, in solving complex problems. It wasn't necessarily that I was studying math. It was, I was actually studying how to, how to solve a problem. And so I think a lot of the way that I think about the world, like you said, is, is because of kind of how I was raised and, and my parents. Um, and it is a gift for sure. So walk us back. I know you quit your job when you were pregnant, which is very brave. It's like a lot of changes happening in your life. What was that moment like where you're like, I am not, I'm going to make this change and start this company? I was a little scared when I quit my job, but I also felt really lucky and supported. So I was working for Troy at the time and he was one of our first kind of checks into the business and because he, he'd been such an incredible mentor of mine and I learned so much from him and he was kind of like, you know what, I trust whatever you're going to do. And that gave me a little boost of confidence. And I would say that but fundraising wasn't that easy. Even though I'd come from an investing background, I remember one of the first investors that I talked to, someone I respected so much in LA, I, I went into his office and I said, you know, I'm starting this company. We're going to reimagine the vitamin from the ground up with traceable science and traceable sourcing. We're going to really put a stake in, a gr- in the ground in this industry. And he just looked at me and he's like, you can start a family or a business, but I really feel like you can't do both. And whatever little kind of confidence I had in that moment <laughs> for a second was shattered, but I picked myself back up and that was such a driving force for me and for everything that I built and everything that I want to continue to build was to, is to really show people that they can do both, that they can have a career and a family. And, you know, seven years later, I have three girls under six. Um, and, and it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh, that is so inspiring. I also, I don't know if you have this in me, but when someone tells me I can't do something, I'm just like, oh, thank you. That was really helpful. (laughs) 
it's probably the, to me, when people tell me no, it's probably like the most exciting thing someone can, can say. It, 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 that idea has actually made its way into our value system at Rituals. So one of our, my, one of my favorite values here is embrace the nose. And that idea is when someone says uh, it can't be done, it just means that something hasn't been done before. So you have this amazing opportunity to do something that hasn't been done before, which is, you know, so innovative. Uh, it's, and, you know, I saw this thing on online. It was like a silly meme the other day where, where someone posted, I love when people tell me no, I just whittle away every little bit of that until it becomes a yes. Uh, it's, it's for me as well, you know, as you said, like that is so that's such an inspiring thing because it really shifts what you end up doing. Yes. So you wrote an amazing article with Inc. Magazine, which prevalent, Inc., here we are. Um, But it was so inspiring. You were talking about how to be a good leader, you have to be vulnerable, which I completely believe to be true. And it's like, this idea that once you're a leader and you're leading this company, things aren't happening to you. And you know, you, you feel amazing all the time. And you talked a little bit about like postpartum depression and just going through different things during COVID. Can you kind of walk us through how you came to those thoughts of like, you have to be vulnerable to be a leader and what changes you made in your organization once you kind of had this realization of how you could show up as a leader and be real? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that I the thing that I believe the most is that you have to be vulnerable to be a great leader. And I would say for me that happened organically. It I I definitely, you know, I had a, I had my third kid during COVID and uh during the pandemic and and being locked up and having these incredible kind of social movements happening in the world at the same time that I felt was our responsibility as a brand to have a voice in the conversation. And so essentially, you know, a couple of days after giving birth, I had to, to work and be, be in the mix because there was nothing else I, I could do. And that was just so important to me. And so in a moment of vulnerability and, and we had our whole leadership team, there was like 20 people on a Zoom and everyone sees your face. <laughs> I was speaking to the organization and I just broke down in tears. Um, I was, in addition to, you know, what was going on in the world and I was also going through postpartum. And so that combination, you know, took that veil, that that tough exterior that, that I think we were, you know, I was definitely brought up with as a female executive and a male workforce that that came down pretty quickly just because it it just did and i was i was kind of horrified at first um and then you know my husband heard me and says well because we're you know we live in a small house and he's like why he's like i can't believe you did that uh, you know and he's like no like, <laughs> yeah it's like no and all these all of our Team members, so many of them messaged me, and they were like, "That's such great leadership." And and I think it allowed people to to feel like they can bring them whole, their whole selves to work. And I think that you know I, I've spent some time recently studying psychological safety in the workplace, and I think it's all about pe- making people feel um, like they can be who they are. And I think if you're a vulnerable leader, then, then people can feel like they can bring 
that vulnerability to the workplace. And I think there's nothing more more important than that. It's just totally at odds with what I think how I was raised uh, in the workforce, in the bank. You know, I used to be an investment banker and then I worked in the music industry and media. And it's like, you got to be play tough, <laughs> be tough. And I, I think that's, that's kind of baloney and out the window. At the same, you know, in the same time, I, I've been... I think we talked about a little bit like, you know, COVID and, and what's, what that's done to, um, the workforce. I think that another area that I'm really interested in is just how many women left the workforce to be a primary care. I think it's 1 million women left the workforce to be a primary caregiver during COVID. And those kind of things are not lost on me. And, um, you know, those, those are, those are kind of the issues that, that matter the most. Yeah. That's so good. I think it's also just when you show up with authenticity authenticity, people really feel like they can trust you. It's like not this fake person that they're just showing up and like getting their paycheck. It's, it becomes so much more than that. So I think that's really powerful. Okay. So you start your company, Ritual. What was the moment? Because I know the early days are very hard where you felt like, okay, we've got this. Like we have, we're building a real company. We're doing this. It's a great question. I would say... What's the moment? You know, it's interesting. I, I started the company because I couldn't find a prenatal that I trusted. And some of the first, you know, investors, some of the first investors I talked to said, you know what, you, you can't build trust uh, with a prenatal audience online. Like there's no way that you can have a leading prenatal vitamin online and build that trust with this most vulnerable consumer. And again, I think going back to mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I was like, that's really interesting. I mean, I, it was, it definitely made me think. And the first product we actually launched as a company was a multivitamin for women 18 plus. We didn't launch a prenatal vitamin. And so, you know, I worked my butt off, our team worked our butt off to earn that trust with that consumer. At the same time, we had a world-class scientific team and a, and a product that was really industry-defining. That product now has a peer-reviewed and published human clinical study, USP verification, which less than 1% of uh, multivitamins have. It also has a patent on the technology and a traceable supply chain. I could go on and on. So I think the moment where I was like, wow, this is incredible was when people started asking us, they're like, wow, we love this product. When are you going to make a prenatal? And it was, I was like, wow, we, we've earned that trust. And now we have the number one selling prenatal online in the US and soon to be number one overall. And I'm, I'm just so proud. And it's taken a lot of work to earn that trust and, and you know, didn't happen overnight. But that moment of people asking for something before you've put it out was kind of, was super validating. You should be so proud. I'm so proud. That's incredible. <laughs> How do you feel like you win that trust? Because that's a, it's a really hard thing to do online. I think that's what brands are trying to figure out every day is like, getting people to really connect with the hard work behind the scenes. Um, How do you feel like you guys were able to do that? Yeah. So I think earning trust, I think, is is a multi-layered process. And in this category that we're playing in, where people are putting something in their body every single day, expertise plays the biggest role. And Matt, I can't think of another like industry or, or 
thing that requires more expertise than something that people are putting in their body every single day for, for their pregnancy and beyond. And so for us, a lot of it started with the science. You know, we've, we've raised uh, now 60 million plus dollars and have invested so much money into R&D. It's not required for a company in, in our category to have a human clinical study, but we did it with a major university and then peer reviewed and published it in a major scientific journal. Wow. Yeah. And, and also what's really crazy is that most clinical studies are not done on female subjects. They're done on men. Um, so I think that's, you know, even conducting clinical study on all women was pretty, makes me proud. The other, the other piece is, is certifications. And we have this, we have this philosophy of, Hey, like, don't take our word for it. Let us show you the proof. So third party testing and certifications in this category. I think are table stakes and something we've invested in. And the I would say the last piece is really that traceable sourcing. So since the beginning, it was I was like, hey, you know, I can understand what I'm putting in my body when the food I'm eating, or at least it it's easy to figure that out where the kale's coming. I'm vegan, so where the kale's coming from, <laughs> you know, my sweet potatoes are grown. My husband eats meat, so his pasture is chicken. We can figure that out. Yeah. But you should have that same level of depth when it comes to what you're putting in your body on the supplement side. And so we really created a first of its kind traceable supply chain. So you could see the final destination of manufacturing and the supplier behind all of our active ingredients. And we have a commitment to 100% traceable ingredients. And that was pretty groundbreaking, you know, and I think helped our consumers earn the trust of what they're putting in their bodies every day from pregnancy and beyond and something that we're really continuing to build um, stake in the ground on, not just for our company, but for, for the industry. I love it. And I mean, you've never, this entire interview, you haven't even said the word like revenue, which can be really scary to focus on things that might not make you money because at the end of the day, you want to be a successful business. But I think it speaks so, so much to the mission behind your brand that everything you're speaking on is quality and intention and giving, you know, the absolute best ethos behind the brand. So that is amazing. I'm when, happy to, to revenue now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> revenue is also good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, revenue. But I actually, I think there's nothing wrong with aligning people, profit and planet. That's actually the work that we've been threading together. I would say the last couple of years, even more so our business has done over nine figures in revenue. It's mostly subscription and I, by doing the right thing. And we recently became a B Corp certified company and we really believe in doing the right thing, not just for people, but the planet. And those things are so intertwined when it comes to people's health. But our industry that's so focused on health has been asleep at the wheel when it comes to the biggest crisis of our health, of our lifetime, which is climate change. And so there is a, there is a big importance for us and, and for other companies in our space to really focus on that. It's why, you know, we recently got B Corp certified, but we also released our impact goals around climate change, around becoming net uh, net zero 
and also um, 100% sustainable packaging, 100% traceability, all those things really, really matter. Yeah. Incredible. So you recently got into Whole Foods, which is very exciting. Congrats. What was that process like? Can you speak to like the behind the scenes of getting into Whole Foods? Yeah. So Whole Foods was really exciting. I will say that I didn't expect it to be as exciting as it was. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, we built our business online subscription, as I mentioned, to nine figures in revenue, pretty sizable business. And the feeling of seeing our products on shelf was like unlike anything else I've experience, but also having my family see it there. It's, it's, it's really special. You know, I have, I have three girls under six and the digital stuff is cool. I, I kind of don't really let them <laughs> get too close <laughs> to the digital world yet, but when they see the physical stuff that, that I produce and then seeing that in a store that they love, it was, it was a really, really special moment, but getting it there was um, kind of a long process. And for us as a business, as a business that was d- digitally native, we are a technology company, by the way, like we employ 20 plus engineers um, and technology is really at the core of everything that we do. Going from digital to physical was, was a big moment and we had to do it in a really thoughtful, thoughtful way. And, you know, there's a lot of temptation to go mass really quickly as a, as a business. I think a lot of brands do that. Uh, for us, Whole Foods was a partner that was so mission aligned with what we wanted to do. And they were also an advised channel, meaning the people working in the stores know so much about the category and they could speak to all the layers <laughs> about the product and, and the story behind the brand unlike any other. And that was so critical for us to choose a partner because we're so used to having this rich storytelling on our site where you can go and trace the ingredients and see where they're coming from. You can look through our clinical studies, but like, how do you take that and put it on shelf? And Whole Foods was the first, our first stop because of that advised channel, because the the people working there could tell those rich, well, maybe not as, as detailed as the site, but a really rich story about the brand. I think there was also kind of mission alignment around sustainability. So all of the cartons um, that are, which the unit cartons are actually new for us, for Whole Foods, because on direct to consumer, we're just shipping the bottles, but our unit cartons are made from 100% post-consumer recycled materials, our bottles are made from 100% post-consumer recycled materials. So you have all this packaging that's really differentiated um, when you look a little deeper in, in that store that, re- that really cares about um, sustainability as well. Yeah. And I mean, I'm the president of an e-commerce company. So I, when you're saying these things, I'm just thinking like, I understand supply chain and like every single step, it can be so fast pace and you have to make like really last minute decisions sometimes and to get things on time, especially now. And it's like that intention is, is might seem like, Oh, that's nice, but it's really hard to be that intentional. Like not only can it be costly, but you have to really be like, have a mission and have a plan because it's like the wild west out there in supply chain. Yeah, definitely. Especially the last few years, I think what's helped us on the supply chain side is when we started out, we were one of the first companies to have these direct relationships with all of our suppliers. And 
we basically market them on our site. So we we're so close that you know if we're if there's low stock of something, we are probably the one of the first partners that will get first dibs on some of that stock because of how close our relationships are with our suppliers. Some of our suppliers have even invested in our human clinical studies. That's how integrated they are with our brand. Um, and so when we, we choose a supplier, like we really care about, about that business and, and how they think about the world and how they think about their employees and how they think about human rights. And I think a great example of that is this company Purus that manufactures our uh, pea protein um, so that they, they supply our regeneratively farmed peas grown in North America which is like most peas are grown overseas, but this, this is really the future of agriculture. So it not only replenishes the soil, but is, has lower heavy metal amounts and, and is a lot cleaner protein that we're really proud to market that company because we actually feel like what they're doing for soil and the earth is, is better. That is so cool. Oh, I want to read about this. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> so... Being the CEO, where do you see your most important role? Like, what is your your normal day to day look like? That's a good question. I think it's taken me a while to figure that out. I think as the company has grown, the role the role shifts, and you know we have 135 ish employees at the moment, and so my role is different now than it was when I started. In the beginning, I, I was more of an innovator. I was I was the one working with our scientists to create the products. Um, and I think as I've, and kind of like connecting the dots with the creative and kind of we wear so many different hats. And I think as, as a business scales, I think the most important role that I play now and have played, I would say the last couple of years is hiring and inspiring world-class talent. I believe we have the best talent in our organization. And that's really inspiring to me. I, I think what's unique about Ritual, unlike other companies, is that we actually have talent across so many different disciplines under one roof. So we have engineers in-house. We have creatives. I think we have one of the best creative agencies in-house. We have scientists and chemists and packaging engineers in-house. And so you have all these people working together and that's really where the magic happens. But my role is really kind of to help hire some of that world-class talent, especially on the senior level. We now have a world-class executive team. Our chief scientific officer was ex-faculty at Harvard, PhD physiology. Our chief impact officer was the head of mission at Beauty Counter and, and helped really create the clean beauty movement and space. Our chief people officer was at Apple for 10 years and then became the chief of officer at Sweetgreen and is just a real inspiration to me. And so I always think that my role is like hiring people that are way smarter, way cooler <laughs> than I am <laughs> so that I can just learn from them. But then it does, you know, it does good in the organization as well. Yeah. And I think Kat, it, it shows so much about you that this world-class talent is believing in you and believing in your mission. Because when you have that background, you don't come to a company if the CEO isn't someone you want to learn from and you want to grow with. So I think that speaks a lot about you as well. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to like <laughs> take that, that positive feedback. <laughs> but I think, um, I think that's why like doubling down on your mission has never been more important as you scale. 
because people are rallying not just around me, but like the mission that we have and our mission around traceability, this idea that people deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. And like, why else would you wake up every day (laughs) during this crazy time in the world where almost everyone's working remotely and you could be working anywhere now? I think having a strong mission has never been more important than it is now. So true. So I was telling our director of business strategy today, I was interviewing you. She's like, can you please ask her their influencer strategy? Because they have the best influencers and they have so much content. I was like, okay, I'll ask her. But you do have such an amazing presence um, online and with influencers and not in this like overly influencer in authentic way. It feels really authentic. Do you have any anything? behind the scenes of how you feel like you guys have been able to accomplish that? Yeah, definitely. Our influencer strategy is definitely the core to our success, especially recently when media budgets and managing media has shifted so much from, you know, we, we built our brand basically off Instagram and Facebook and then the whole world shifted and we've had to diversify our media mix. And I think influencer is such an interesting part of our growth strategy. It's run by this woman named Maddie, who's incredible. And we actually have an influencer team in-house that manages all of the, the relationships with our micro-influencers. And one of our kind of non-negotiables is that people actually need to like love the the product. We, we usually give people a while to like sit and use the product, whether it's a podcast or influencer and actually truly believe in what they're taking. I think when they don't, it shows and that's when it feels inauthentic. But when you have someone who, you know, takes our Symbiotic Plus, which is our new uh, pre, pro, postbiotic in one, you know, someone's taking it for a couple months and they notice a difference in bloating or gas and like, wow, this is really impacting my life in a really awesome way. The the way that they market that product just is totally different. It's tricky in this category because we also need to tightly manage what people are saying to make sure that it fits in line with, with our regulations because basically an influencer is an extension of your brand. And as you scale, like you have to be really, you have to be really consistent and tight with what they're saying and make sure that they're not making claims that we can't make as an organization. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, especially with your guys's line of how important that is. Okay. So you mentioned a book. I have a screenshot of it because I added it to my list of books to read, which is really long at this point, uh, called The Art of Happiness. You mentioned it in the article I was mentioning earlier. Can you just walk through some of the things you learned from that book about just bringing happiness to your everyday life? That was a really incredible book that I've read in the last few years and reread a lot. I think that for me, I always just expected that I was like either happy or not, or something that happened to me would make me happy (laughs) or, you know, it raised some money and I'd be happy. But actually that makes you even more stressed than ever. And, or, or my kids would say something that make me happy or my husband. And it's, it's interesting because our company is really about rituals and like, how do you turn something from a, a routine to a habit to a ritual that was really like the principle of the name. But this book is re- really interesting in that sense is is you you kind of work at happiness. It's like it's kind of a, a job. 
and there's there's ways and, and tactics to become a happier person. And it's not something that's just given to you and like reactionary to to what's happening in the world. And I think that like realizing that really shifts your perspective on life uh, and I don't know, makes you happier. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm, I'll link it in the show notes if anyone's interested. Okay, last final question, Kat. This has been so inspiring. I can't wait for everyone to hear this. What would be your number one piece of advice for a woman who's wanting to start her own business? My number one piece of advice would be just do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, it's like, just do it. I think we're so in our heads when we start something. I know I was. I was like, do I need a co-founder? Do I need to raise X amount of money? Do I need to go to business school? And it's so interesting for me now mentoring uh, entrepreneurs, both, you know, kind of all sorts of entrepreneurs. And I feel like women just like have a lot of excuses. Like we have like a lot of excuses that are just like stopping us from doing great things. I recently read that you know, 49% of companies were started by women, new, new businesses were started by women in 2021. And, and we know that like, you know, only 2% of them receive venture funding. And, and I think we need more, we need more women businesses started by women. And I think we just need to do it. We need to start them. And I think that that's going to result in the world seeing better companies, better things, better products, better leaders, like all of that. Yes. That's why we're here. I love it. So good. Kat, thank you so much. It was so lovely to meet you and I'm so honored to have you on. Thank you so much. It was such a fun conversation. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.